0: Washington State is a place full of mysteries, lore, and cryptid sightings. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends. It's good to see you made it back to another episode, and welcome if you're new. Today we're going to continue on covering every single state in the United States of America and sharing scary stories from them. Today we're sharing allegedly true and creepy Washington horror stories. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp, and stories like yours that help keep this show going. Now, without further ado, let's jump right into these creepy and allegedly true Washington horror stories that'll creep you out tonight. Just as a quick reminder, if you could hit that like button and hit that subscribe button if you're new, that would be very helpful. The year was 2006, sometime in mid-August. We had been renting this double-wide trailer on six acres of land for about three years now. The first year, nothing strange really happened at all. Unless you asked my mother. We've always been low income. So we were constantly moving. Year after year. Ever since I was knee high. So we thought we hit the jackpot when it came time to finding this new and very affordable place. We've had enough of the landlord from our last place. This new place was cheap. Cheap enough for just some reason. I'm from Tacoma, Washington. And this new place was just too good to be true. Lots of land, it had a barn, a detract garage, and lots and lots of land. Oddly enough, the middle school I would be attending the following year after moving in was literally just across the road, Cougar Mountain Junior High. The school district even eventually offered this landlord millions of dollars for his land, and he cautiously declined. At first, it really wasn't so bad. Really, the last residents did a real number on the place, though, however... Right off the bat, there was a large section of the wall cut out from the detached garage. A coffee can-sized hole that went straight through the floor by the fireplace. A large pile of trash out back by the burn pit. A very leaky ceiling and, most alarming, candle wax melted into the carpets of the house and garage. Which we finally figured out years later why. There was also lots of trash stuffed into the chicken coops. The trash remained there long enough for officials to stop and take pictures. Then the landlord finally removed it. Even after all of that happened, I don't wish to say scum Lord" because this landlord obviously did enough and had enough on his plate. He was always around and active. I don't know, I just don't want to blame him, I guess. Although, there were things he just wouldn't mention to us, or anyone to that matter, and you can obviously tell he was very cautious about something. You can see, he was obviously sweating something about our property. He only lived right across the ranch out back, and a kitty corner from us. Anyway, it's been so long now, I can't quite remember when the paranormal stuff started. It was like things were gradually getting weirder and weirder up until the end. We had a rather big family. I think what was affected first by us was our behavior. Over time, it was like our family's darkest days were unfolding, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. So much more happened than I'd really like to explain, and I can't cover it all without writing a book about it. We've had many dogs. I think things started really getting strange when they would bring back odd bones and things from the yard that we couldn't identify or justify. My mom emphasized that there were probably paranormal things happening because of some sort of burial ground or something. One time they dug up what looked like a monkey skull Me being a rebellious 13-year-old put it on the fence post by the main gate to look metal for my middle schooler friends. Everyone at school pretty much knew I lived across the street. We had one dog that would always get loose and come to school, and I was the one that had to chase him around the cafeteria and bring him back home. It would literally be mentioned over the intercom, My name here, would you please come retrieve the dog? This happened several times. I wouldn't say I was the most popular student, or even infamously popular student, or anything like that. I admit, then, I was strange to mess with, and I blame it on the things that went on at home. For the longest time, this was my whole life, and it still haunts me to this very day. I'm 27 now, and I literally just had a dream about that property last night, about the strange things that happened there. My whole family was affected, and I'm the only one who has the guts to talk about it me and my mom anyway. I've never reported what I've seen. Also, over the years, I've tended to tell less and less. People just think I'm crazy, but I know now seeing is believing. That's the moral of the story here. If only people saw it for themselves. Everybody's so scared and everybody dismisses it for the sake of their own mentality. This whole property was creepy. We left all my friends when we left the trailer park so I'd spend most of my time exploring the land here with my dogs. For no reason at all, I'd say the barn was probably the spookiest. All my family agrees even to this day, but nothing ever really happened there. I guess it was just the vibe. Out of all this property, there was just one black Angus cow. Again, nothing ever happened. Most I did was feed the old cow apples. The barn was locked off from the cow. She'd just roam the land, so the barn was always silent and void of activity. Except massive beehives, making it even more creepy. Everyone in the household worked, so I was by myself 30% of the time. My mom says after she saw a dark, very tall figure running across the fence line outside at night, after the first year, things started to get really creepy. Maybe so from her perspective. I think things started getting weird when I couldn't sleep. For the first time in my life, I started waking up with sleep paralysis. I'd fight it and regain my freedom of movement in fear of falling back asleep. Freaked out, I'd call the one person I knew I could always count on picking up the phone. My grandma. She'd tell me to go back to sleep and even come stay with us sometimes. One night when activity was picking up, I was playing in the family room, playing my Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic game on my Xbox, when suddenly, a booming sound came from what sounded like something going over the house. I'm too engrossed with my game to really care, so I dismiss it as maybe some sort of plane flying over, even though you could only hear them from our old house. Ten minutes later, my big brother and his girlfriend came out of their bedroom whispering and visibly spooked. They asked me what that noise was. They thought it was someone with a shotgun like ten feet away from the house. Honestly, who knows? It was loud, and really thinking about it, I guess I got scared myself, because I didn't really recognize the sound but I couldn't really find a reason why it would be alarming. One day, I woke up and my whole family was gathered out back staring at the doggy door. This mobile home was from the 1960s and the doggy door was thick plastic. We lived here approximately a year and a half now. My oldest brother is tough as nails. We all looked down at the doggy door and it's got a checkmark shape cut on it. I remember everyone baffled as to what exactly happened. We were all so confused. My oldest brother comes out with a sharp knife and tries to cut the rest of the doggy door. He's the strongest out of the family, and he's even having trouble sawing through the plastic. I'm a painter nowadays, and I can honestly say a box cutter would have trouble going through thick, 60s plastic. But there was this clean cut, almost immaculate. This is strange, but we let that go. Later, my sister's boyfriend moves in with us. He's up every morning exercising in the garage. One day, to this day, he says something was knocking in that garage, so he moved to another spot. The garage floor was two-thirds concrete and the remainder was an elevated two-step flooring of carpet. My sister's boyfriend was just doing push-ups when he heard a knocking from under him. First time he stops and switched places, second time he stopped and moved to another spot. A third time, the knock was so violent, he stopped altogether. Much later, my sister and cousin were hanging out. There was this non-running car in the center of our garage the whole time we lived there, a black Mitsubishi Eclipse. It was in the very center, and on top of it was a classic red wagon that in the two years that I lived there, I never saw it move. A little less irrelevant, right above the wagon was an opening to the attic of the garage. Anyway, one day, out of nowhere... Right in front of my sister and my cousin, the wagon on top of the car slammed to the floor and spooked them so bad that they ran out of there like bats out of hell. Honestly, it was weird, and nobody could figure out what sent that cart flying. It was stationary that entire time, and suddenly, it just fell. If you asked me, the garage never really gave off much of a bad buy, but, you know, everybody has different experiences at this place. Although one night I'm hanging out with one of my older brothers and I can see the dog is chasing something. The dogs have been known to chase the cow off and on. It's dark outside and whatever the dogs are chasing, I know it's not the cow. This thing was tall. I point out, hey, what's that? My big brother is with me and he didn't even acknowledge. It's dark, so who really knows? Maybe it's the cow, maybe there was something flying over it, and that's what I saw, I don't know. Around this time my grades started dropping. I was sleeping more in class than at home. I was picturing things that were just very odd in my mind. I'd freak out and bolt out of class. Sometimes I'd just go straight home, other times I'd attempt to go back to class, where I would continue sleeping during the day. For a long solid moment there, it seemed like all of my summer of 2006, I just had these weird vicious looking werewolf creatures popping into my mind any time I would close my eyes. It would just be standing there at our glass door, looking back at me, panting, as if it had malicious intent. It would never actually enter the house. It would just stand there looking back at me, looking like something out of the Underworld movies. Honestly, that is all I can say was on my mind. I would like to say it was just in my imagination, but uh, it's hard to say these days. One day, my brother also had the exact same dream and vision that I was having. He said that he saw this dogman thing crouching in the hallway waiting for someone to pounce on. At this time, I got the bedroom across from him, so it had been in between his bedroom and mine that we had seen something truly strange in the, in the shadows. These dreams were seemingly becoming real. We would see these werewolves in these outlines of werewolves in our dreams, but in that hallway between our rooms, we both swear out of the corner of our eye, we would see the silhouette of something that looked like a werewolf. The landlord was honestly probably trying to hide something. I don't know. I know that there were kids that I've heard rumors from that said strange things happened on that land. I could find a little bit of history on it in public records, but nothing crazy. Honestly, I've heard of a lot of Bigfoot sightings and other things like that here as well. I've even found some things that look like Bigfoot footprints. I would love to know if anybody has any idea if this land is potentially haunted, or if all of these happenings on this land are just strange occurrences or coincidences. I'm sorry if this story was a little boring and a little jumbled, but thank you for sharing it if you do. I moved to Kent, Washington from Phoenix, Arizona in August due to a fire. I bought a car online and flew into Seattle to pick up my SUV. My boyfriend and I got into an argument so I left my car in a parking lot in Kent, Washington and took my keys. I got hungry so I ordered Chinese food, well uh, I wanted to go pick up my Chinese food in the plaza across from where my car was and ended up in the wrong plaza. I walked into the wrong business and sat down at a booth waiting for my food. Like an idiot I'm still waiting and the lights go off and I'm still sitting there. Now what I heard is something I will never ever hear again in my life and I'm still losing sleep over this. I know what I saw and I know what I heard and no one listening to me ever believes me. Not even the police officer I reported this to. I swear I could hear from the back what sounded like people being tortured. A child screaming from below the booth and above this restaurant, this wrong restaurant that I was in. I slowly got it quietly, as there was a light on in the kitchen. I walked over to the door to see if it was still unlocked, and it was. I banged on the kitchen window and told them I'll be back tomorrow with the police, as I know what the hell is going on here. I slowly back up to the door as I know it's unlocked, and this guy is following me out to the door, and he's on his phone." By the time I get to the middle of the parking lot, I'm surrounded by all kinds of people. They're wearing what looks like hoods and dark clothing. I go as fast as I can and haul past them into a homeless camp in the woods. I know where to go and saw them pass me. There were nine men in total chasing me. Now they know I know what's going on. At least, I don't know exactly what it is, but I'm pretty sure there's some sort of human trafficking thing, and I probably found their location. I brought the cops back the next day and I was charged for trespassing and permanently banned from the property, in which I guess I don't really mind. I had to tell somebody, and the next day I did, and I did not know somebody was listening to me at the same time. A man from India overheard my conversation and asked if he could talk to me in private, in which I told him we could. He told me what I heard is exactly what I heard, and that I am to keep my mouth shut. They looked at me with a face of fear. They told me that I was in danger, so I fled to Oregon. I stopped at a truck stop to use the bathroom, and on the bathroom stall wall was an 1866 number for human trafficking, and I called it immediately crime because I was horrified of what I had heard, and I know what I heard, and so did this Indian man. I lay low right now, and I'm trying to stay low-key, and I did contact the human trafficking hotline. They told me the FBI will be in contact within a few weeks, They will be watching the place very closely. They ended up finding it, and they even have a website. This is going down in Kent, Washington, like I said. From outside, it looks like a professional business, a banquet hall, a restaurant, an Indian marketplace, and whatever else it could be. It's what people can't see underneath the place. And coincidentally, their business is down the street from the police station. Who's to say the police are not involved? I'm disgusted, and I know what's going on. I'm absolutely positive it is. Thank you for listening to my story and sharing it if you do. I think more people need to know about this in the area. So I've sent you a few of my stories in the past, but I decided to send this one because I recently told it to one of my friends, and his reaction surprised me. He seemed genuinely unnerved, But I hadn't considered this story anything too odd. I figured I'd share this on the show, as now, looking back, I can't honestly figure out an explanation for what we saw. Some context is needed here. My grandparents live in Washington, in a small town near Mount Rainier. Their house is one of the relatively few up on the forested hill, and their backyard leads up to a big pasture. Beyond this is the woods, and a good chunk of it is their property. My grandfather is a hunter, and so he has this old tree stand, a wooden platform high up in between two trees, that my little sister and I converted into a sort of playhouse. We would spend hours out there in those woods, and I know them like the back of my hand. I've seen some odd stuff out there, but this seems by far the weirdest. This happened about two to three years ago in the summer. I can't remember a specific time for the life of me. My sister and I had been out by the tree stand, and it had been a gorgeous sunny day, not a cloud in sight. Though it was starting to get dark, the light shining through the leaves is a beautiful sight that I will never forget. These woods are truly beautiful and awe-inspiring. I love spending time in them. We would wander off a very short distance away from the stand, though it was not out of our line of sight. We had found a small fallen tree with an unnatural ditch under it. Being the kids we were, my sister and I went under the log and pretended to be soldiers hiding in a trench. It was then I noticed it. Straight ahead there was a clearing, clearly in my view. In it, someone had taken branches and set them up so they formed a circle standing upright in the clearing. This looked deliberate, as it was perfectly balanced. My sister and I thought this was so cool, so we ran into the ditch... And went right up to it. Here's where things suddenly get weird. As I mentioned earlier, my grandfather is a hunter, so I know what sort of things were active in the woods and when. He would always refer to the twilight as the magic hour when the forest would come alive and all the animals would start moving. He also warned us that if the woods ever got silent, as in true complete silence, we were to go home immediately as the silence meant a predator was near, and he has seen bears, wolves, and bobcats in the area. I bring this up because as my sister and I approached the circle, the woods fell dead silent. We could hear absolutely nothing outside of our breathing and our soft footsteps on the ground. There were no birds, no squirrels, no bugs, absolutely nothing. We inspected this scene very closely, but it didn't seem to be anything more than just a standing circle of twigs, and although it was odd, we weren't too scared. I noticed it was getting darker, and so we decided it was best to start going home. Nothing weird happened, at least not that I can think of. The sound returned as soon as we could no longer see the circle, and we made it back to our grandparents' house without incident. The next day we went back to see it, and it was completely gone, as if somebody had come and completely taken it apart. It was very weird. Looking back, the thought that someone came onto our private property just to make a circle of trees and then take it apart unnerves me. Who would do that, and what is the purpose? Was it for art, or was it intended to be scary? I honestly would never know, and I don't like that thought too much. I know the story might sound mundane, but after thinking about it for a while, it is actually incredibly unnerving. I live with my family here in Spokane, Washington. One Friday after school, my dad picks me up and my little brother up and tells me we must head over to Sprague Walmart to pick up a few odds and ends for the following week. I was excited just to get home so I could start my weekend already, but I didn't mind going over to Walmart with him since I figured I could puppy dog eyes him into buying me a few extra sweet treats for me to enjoy. That and the alternative was to walk home, and since it looked like it was going to rain, I'd know I had chosen the better option. So we wander around Walmart for a little while, talking about how school is going and what our family plans for the weekend are. I get my dad to agree to drive me over to a friend's house the next morning in exchange for a promise that I'll get all my homework done that evening. A small price to pay, since there's no way I'll be able to get over there on my own, since she lives on the other side of town. So we get checked out, We wheel the stuff out to the car and load it up into the trunk, and then we get ready to leave. But while we are driving out of the parking lot, a woman just sort of appears out of nowhere and stands in front of my father's car. She's wearing a red and black snapback with red hair falling out from under it and a t-shirt that says love on it with the O styled as a heart. Her clothes aren't dirty or anything, but she looks seriously methed out. What few teeth were still in her mouth were all yellow and rotten and her eyes were just faded. Like there was nothing behind them. No thought or reason whatsoever. Then she'd just start saying, This is my car. Pointing down at the hood like, How did you get my car? At first my dad is polite with her and I can tell he's in no mood for messing around. He's all like, Nah lady, this isn't your car. And you must be mistaken but please move out of the street. Thank you. And I can tell from the tone in his voice that he's about to get mad with this lady real fast. But she will not move. She just stands there, blocking our car and saying that this is her vehicle, repeatedly. That's when my dad turns to me, in the back seat, and asks if my phone has battery. I tell him yes, and he tells me to start recording what's happening in case we need evidence to show the cops. My dad gives the lady one last chance to get out of the way, and then he loses his temper completely and starts barking, saying something like, Get your ass out of the way. The meth head in front of us, this lady, starts freaking out. She starts saying stuff like, I just want to talk. I don't want violence, but I need to know how you got my car. My dad starts screaming at her again to get the hell out of the way, and eventually she does, and we drive along thinking the whole thing is over, and it was just some crazy, drugged out meth head with delusions. But the situation, sadly, does not end there. We got to a set of traffic lights further down the road, and someone else then steps in front of the car. This time it's a guy wearing a dark jacket with short hair and a mustache. Honestly, each of these scumbags looked like they could have been paid extras on Breaking Bad, and he's putting on a similar act to the messed up lady before, who managed to catch up to us by that point. He's all like, uh, can you get out? This is my car. And that's about the time I realized that this was a straight up attempt to carjack us. He wasn't like, hey, this is my friend's car or anything like that. It was obvious that they were trying to steal it. They thought that they could coerce some naive stranger out of their car. How dumb's that? The guy in front then puts his hands on the inside of his jacket, like he's about to pull out a gun or something. But still he remains all calm, like, just talk to me, dude, this is my car, how did you get my car? My dad turns around to my little brother Max and tells him to call 911. Max is shaking like a leaf, but he does as he's told, getting his phone out and dialing 911. My dad is still telling this guy to get out of the way and to leave us alone. It's not just me and my brother that are scared. I can hear it in my dad's voice, and that really, really got to me. My dad is tough. Like, to me, he's the strongest man in the world, and up until that point, I had never heard his voice go like that. It's something that I don't think I'll ever forget. So as soon as Max has the 911 dispatcher on the line, my dad takes the phone off him and starts explaining the situation to the person on the other end. As he's doing this, some guy with a beard, sunglasses, and a blue hoodie then starts walking over to the driver's side. My dad tells Max to lock his door, but because he's on the phone, he's slightly panicked by this point, he forgets to lock his own. So this blue guy managed to open my dad's door, all calm and asked, what are you doing? This is her car while he points over to the meth out lady. My dad then replies all polite that this is not her car, and then tries to shut the door again. The guy flips out, trying and failing to pry the door open again before my dad shuts it, screaming, get out of here, get out of my car, while kicking the driver's side door. If they would have just came up and tried to carjack us, that would have been bad enough. But the mind games they were trying to play with us, that was just downright scary. Like they expected us to be like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize this wasn't my car and just give it to them. God, thinking about it makes me so angry, but at the time all I could do was burst into tears as I filmed the whole thing. Right then, some other meth head appears at the passenger side where Max is sitting, and starts banging on the side of the door. My dad starts trying to drive around the gang that was now surrounding us, and the dark jacket guy then jumps on the hood of the car, while the other starts smashing a bicycle into the passenger door. My dad then seizes the opportunity, and drives off down the avenue, with one of the meth heads still laying on the hood. He's driving slowly, talking to the 911 dispatcher the entire time, careful not to drive too fast in case the guy on the hood falls off and accidentally runs him over. But the next thing I know, there's this big roar of an engine that sounds to our right, I believe. And the guy in the blue hoodie is on some sort of motorcycle revving the engine and preparing to give chase. He's pulling up alongside us every so often to shout, Slow down, slow down, let the guy off! and Dad realizes he's talking about the guy lying on the hood. My dad slows down for like two seconds, and the guy in the hood, who has obviously realized what a stupid situation he's gotten himself into, rolls off the hood and runs over to the sidewalk to escape, what could have amounted to serious life-changing injuries. Not that he didn't deserve it. It just didn't really need to happen, honestly. We'd rather see them in jail or something, not dead. After that, the biker guy stopped following us, and we got home safe without anyone getting hurt. I was still crying as we pulled up outside our house and even Max was really shaken up when he's normally so cool and nonchalant about everything. But I wasn't crying out of fear anymore. It was just pure relief and gratitude that my dad handled the situation so well and kept all of us safe. We all hugged it out when we got inside and my mom panicked wanting to know everything. I'll always remember how my dad was like, I'm your father and I'll always protect you when I can. I don't think I ever loved him as much as I did in that moment. I don't really want to go into detail about the interactions we had with the cops afterward. They insisted it was all just a misunderstanding. But anyone who was there would know it was so much more than that. Much more sinister. Those meth heads were trying anything they could to slow us down and get us out of our car. And I know using that term might give off the bad taste to people about addiction and such. But this is not meant to be harmful or offensive to anybody going through addiction. These people were clearly on some sort of drugs and were trying to do something very sinister in an attempt to probably get more drugs. And that is why I called them such. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true scary horror stories from Washington. As always, if you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it, and that's incredibly helpful to us. If you're new to The Swamp, why not join us? Hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode as I upload them nearly every single day, and all things natural and supernatural. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in The Swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you would like to support the show outside of YouTube, maybe check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and just about anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. If you could go over there and give us a five-star rating, that helps us a ton and is very much appreciated. It's absolutely free to download your favorite scary stories from the swamp on those platforms. If you'd like to support us further, maybe check out the merch store. I've got t-shirts hoodies, and face masks. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool swamp threads. Down in the comments below, I'd love to know what story was your favorite tonight. Honestly, it's always so hard for me to pick one. So many of these were so good and gave me some goosebumps for sure. If you haven't yet, be sure to join me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and I'll see you guys soon with another creepy video.